robot for what? No. Wee! That lady robot. It's official. It's still Clippy. It's just <laughs> like Clippy just keeps getting different jobs and re pivoting, you know? <laughs> Rebranding, yeah. <laughs> we, we know. We know. <laughs> we know it's fucking you, Clippy. Clippy is immortal. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to keep it all together. <laughs> Clippy was there at the Big Bang. Would you like to start a universe? Is that how this mess got started? That's, that's, that's how the, like, the, the off-split nightmare universe we're in now happened. <laughs> it's all the Clippy's fault. Clippy's the original Archon. <laughs> Somewhere around Windows 95 is when it came. Cookie's like, why can't I die? Why can't I die? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we don't have to jump right into the, the movie or anything, but like, I just want to announce that because we have been really, you know, unprofessional and I think we should probably stick to that mostly, but I just wanted to say today we're talking about the very surprising sequel to Disney's Holes by Las Montoya. (laughs) 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 Nymphomaniac. (laughs) Starring Shia LaBeouf as himself. Yeah. When Shia LaBeouf showed up the first time I watched, I'm like, what? You're in this movie? You're doing a terrible British accent? What are you doing, Shia LaBeouf? It was a really bad accent. I was like, this is, like, half as bad as Anakin being uh, in, like, Shades of Grey, you know? (laughs) There there are so many surprising actors in this. Mm -hmm. Like, Did you guys uh, watch... Both parts or just one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, both just parts? Been, been I, 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 I was, I was, I finished the first part at like 2 a.m. and I'm like, well, all right. And I, I jumped like in and like kept, and uh, watched, I, I finished it this morning, but I, I watched like mm-hmm. an hour of the of part two last night. Okay. Um, and yeah, I was totally, this was not what I expected this movie to be at mm-hmm. all. Uh, yeah. I dare call it a romantic movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is daring. Yeah, uh, well, like in in the sense of uh, of uh, romantic, as in the the literary style, like mm-hmm. uh, although except for the end, which I'm gonna hold off on talking about that. Yeah, but um. <laughs> uh yeah this is this was it was funny brian and i were both like oh man we're nervous about this we're nervous about <laughs> this is gonna go but it but like no this, we I, finally got we finally got a, a, a female to agree to be on the show <laughs> like, like, oh we got a hard one <laughs> uh, but no this movie is incredible it was like it's really fucking good and uh and it's funny, it's like broken into chapters and it feels like a novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I had forgotten about how good it was because I, I haven't watched this movie since the first time that I watched it when I was in college. So like, I think it's been like seven years since I've seen this movie. And I wasn't a magical practitioner at the time either. So 
watching it the second time around when like Babylon shows up at the beginning yeah. of the second part. I'm like, oh, hi, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, and a, and a ghost, right? Like it's yeah, it's uh-huh. very interesting. It's like here are the spirits who will be possessing you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really weird that this is fucking Lars von Trier because he's such he's such a per- that's the other that's and this sort of ties into my problem with the end um is he is such a proclaimed like atheistic like materialist person mm-hmm. and yet um it's like dude you're not the work you're making is not that yeah yeah all. i did not know that about him because watching like this and antichrist and melancholia because yeah. this is this is the end of that trilogy that he made. Nymphomaniac is the end of Antichrist. Oh, I had no made. idea. I didn't either. Yeah, it's, I've, it's I've never seen Antichrist. Trilogy. I've never seen Antichrist. Either. I've seen Melancholia and yeah. I saw it in the theaters, which mm-hmm. I think uh, I think is actually a dark comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. At least oh, yeah. at least I ended up oh, laughing yeah. at the end of it because it's no. so stupidly bleak <laughs> that it's. <laughs> I'm like this is incredible oh my goodness yeah <laughs> really, sick everyone dies i really appreciated <laughs> it like i really appreciated that movie <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah thanks. antichrist is brutal it's like super fucking brutal but i've heard that i've heard i, I think i was based on what i had heard about antichrist i think i was expecting something more like that with this movie and it gets mm-hmm. this movie definitely goes into like difficult hard places but mm-hmm. from what i understand what like where antichrist goes it's uh, i feel like antichrist is probably darker and more fucked oh, up oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. it's more body horror in antichrist than in this movie for sure yeah this i mean this this movie had a solid heart um yeah mm-hmm. and it, yeah. and it had yeah, i it really had like the actress overall good intentions i think with what it was like very much humanizing something that's difficult for mm-hmm. some people at least to take in. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, do, I liked. I do feel. Uh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. No, go, go. I want to hear. I, I just, say. I just feel like uh, <clears throat> there were times when I felt like uh, Las Ventrier was a bit uh, just kind of being a provocateur, like the way that he arranges things is a bit on the nose as far as like setting you up for the gut punch to where mm-hmm. um but i don't know maybe that's just because i watch a lot of shit <laughs> that's why i'm like <laughs> like i see it and i feel a little bit like i don't know like okay yeah i see you're like look over here smack and i'm like oh i fucking fell for it and it makes me feel a little <laughs> a little annoyed for some reason but <laughs> but it's a small complaint i i liked that there was the the story of like coming into relationship with the monstrousness inside of ourselves and like especially in the second part when she's like she's at the sex addict group and she's like fuck all of you guys like I'm not a sex addict like this is who I am this is a monster that lives inside of me and I love her and I'm gonna keep living with her and it felt very I was thinking about it uh this morning and it felt it feels very much like uh like coming into relationship with the monstrousness of like the witch body and like that kind of thing that if we just keep shoving it away, it's just like, I'm just gonna eat you if you don't get into relationship with me, so. Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely 
took me back to times when I had been in NA meetings and it made me Mm -hmm. uh, remember how I felt there because of very similar moments where I looked around and I'm just like, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm in here because I can't handle the world that's set. Like there's nothing wrong with me. It's like, I'm self-medicating because it's impossible to exist in this like nightmare world <laughs> that mm-hmm. I was born into um, and, <laughs> and still be the spiritual person that I have to be and have no choice, you know, but to be. So there, yeah. there was like exactly what she said was kind of how I, you know, at some point you have to like own the thing that's, that's chasing you. Uh, yeah. And, and that's really not something that's accepted no matter what the thing is. It's almost like mm-hmm. a, when you go like, no, actually, this isn't a problem. No, this isn't a psychological complex. No, this isn't blah, blah, blah. Or if it is, I don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. That's That really fucks people up, I think. Yeah. That they're like, that's, you're not playing by the rules that we've established. You know, you need to, yeah, you need yeah, to normalize exactly. now. You need so to normalize. You're not trying to be normal? What, what do you mean? You're just going to accept yourself and love yourself? Or at least do your best to love yourself every day. <laughs> yeah, that's radical. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because she still she still wrestles with it throughout, even up until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually I think there's like a yeah, she's still rejecting it or or she's not integrating it fully because uh it's like it's like she's i think she's kind of angry that she feels jealousy i think mm-hmm. there's a part of that too uh and yet she acts out from it um and gets punished for it i, I don't know uh yeah i'm i'm trying to sort through how i how i feel and think about that it's funny normally i like to watch it the day of the show but this time i'm like i should watch it like three days ago and sat with it because <laughs> yeah. I, I mostly just still have feelings <laughs> yeah i mean it, this is definitely one of those movies you have to like you it's going to take a while to sort of like pull all the strings on it mm-hmm. uh but yeah, I do think, I think it's, I think it's, yeah. Uh, there's a, there's like a back and forth, right? So she's like, she like re- rejects who she is or she feels guilt about who she is. And then she, but then she accepts it, but then she rejects it again. And it's mm-hmm. like, she's, she keeps getting kind of pulled back and forth about, about, about this thing inside her. Yeah. Um uh yeah god i don't know (laughs) i'm sort of thinking out loud Uh, she does make the she does make a comment in the beginning about how uh she is trying to keep uh, love separate from sex because she's like love is just lust with jealousy and that's stupid like i don't want to do that so it feels like she she has to come up against this like she has to come up to face her lust. And then when she accepts that, she falls in love and she's like, fuck, now I have to face myself in love. And like, how can I accept that about myself? And she almost like 
when she loses her lust, then she doesn't have this part of herself that she's accepted to fall back on, to be mm. in love also. She has to like face this demon without the acceptance that she had for this other part of herself. So she just like loses all of it, has to restart all over again, face the demon with no like tools at her disposal. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's funny because I think it's, it's actually her uh, realizing that there's like, she she can't she can't accept she can't se- accept someone else being like her mm-hmm. right like oh yeah i i need to fuck the entire world but then there's this one person that like no i'm not okay with that mm-hmm. and and like suddenly she's confronted by the reality of that because because i think i think secretly her jerome uh how Jerome feels about her is suddenly how she realizes she feel how she actually feels about Jerome. Mm-hmm. And uh and yeah, and she she it feels like she's she can't figure out how to reconcile the two of those and like blend them, make them uh make it work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I feel like that's something what's coming to mind for me is that's something that gets bumped up against at the beginning of like uh, opening a relationship or stepping into like a non-monogamous relationship is like being the person who's like, yeah, I want to go have multiple relationships with multiple people. Like, I totally want to do that. And then you have to turn around and be like, oh, the people that I'm in relationship with also want to have relationships with other people. How does that land in my body? Oh, okay. Now I have to accept this and work through this in order to continue to be in this constellation of people. Yeah. And I, I think often, uh, I don't, I, this is just a personal opinion and I, it may be just my makeup. I, I don't think very many people are actually capable of that. I think a lot of people think they are or say they are, but the, they're fine when it's them, but then when it's when like you're saying when it's like oh you have to realize that about the other person a lot of that's where that's where it's the breaking point I think for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and there's a there's a there is a willingness that to sit with those things and move through them as a practice that's required in order for it to be successful. And a lot of people are like, no, I just want this to be easy, and I want to be having a lot of sex with people. <laughs> and they're not they're not there for it to be like a practice in their life which is what i've found like it's a it's an opportunity to practice moving through feelings and emotions that i have decided that i want to continue to do and that's why it works yeah and i i think cuz i think that's what that's the problem is that like most people just want the physical act they don't actually want the person that's associated with the physical act they just want that physical act and they just want it to go like okay we're done that's move on and Which is like go that, hang out with swingers there are yeah. people for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but i i think i don't think uh well i think even in that there's there's probably still you're still negotiating with there's another person on the end of this and you mm-hmm. have to you have to realize that and what i think almost all of that stuff really is is about and that's why i you know it's not for me because it's just like this just sounds exhausting <laughs> Because it's just endlessly <laughs> navigating fucking relationships with people, and I can barely do that normally. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I've but got a lot of uh, Libra placements. So I've got you a lot what? of Libra placements. So navigating relationships is like, is I thrive there. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, how could we be the best at being in relationships with people? <laughs> I see. I well, I'm a Libra sun, and that's my only placement there. But uh, but damn, that's I I my seventh house is stacked, and it's like mm. um. It's kind of like, it feels like a personal mission almost to have really intense one-on-one -on -one relationships with people. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, they, they land in, in various ways. Uh, yeah. Like, like, it's about discovering the depth of the dynamic and how it, it all fits. Like, do I fit to this person and how? And, um, and I, just, I just really enjoy that. Like, it's, it's like a passion of just... Okay, I don't do well in groups. I either need to be like the center of attention or sitting in the back observing. Um, you know, that kind of like, uh, <clears throat> and I find that that shape lends itself to that um, that one-on-one -on -one stuff really well. Like it's, mm -hmm. when you can give someone all of your attention and all of your compassion and uh, and like, yeah, it's just so much more meaningful. And then when you can take that and move back into a group setting, that's, that's so uh, rewarding because then you have this intimacy in a crowded room because you've mm -hmm. cultivated it beforehand. Uh, yeah. I guess yeah, the difference, true. like I land in the middle here because, uh, like, but I'm still with Kurt. Like, <laughs> like I, to me, like trying to navigate uh, multiple partners is just like, nah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, oh, that sounds just exhausting. Like he said. Yeah. I've I've gotten to the point where, like, it's significantly easier for me to navigate multiple people when I'm not in that kind of, uh, like, intense, like, one-on-one -on -one situation with one particular person. But I have noticed that as that starts to grow with one person, I start to be in relationship more with other people who have partners like that already for themselves, so that I am not also that for them. And so there's like one relationship that's growing, but I still am having like romantic sexual relationships with other people who also have like, like they have a best friend. Like not everyone is my best friend, but I've got oh, yeah. like my best friends and they've got their best friends. And then we can be like, just like nodes in each other's world, but we don't have to like rely on each other in that way. I guess if that makes sense. That's really because, interesting because you have to have the, they have to have the um, the same relational dynamic in their life as an anchor mm -hmm. so that they don't um, feed into and try to latch on further. Like if things start going well, like they're already yeah. anchored. They actually don't have more to try and feed into what you've got going on with them. Yeah. That's just really interesting. Uh, it, I feel like a biologist should talk about this you know just like the way that this is showing up in my mind it looks like something you'd see uh in the microscope mm -hmm. yeah yeah i actually um the the when i was doing the angel walk the angels were using my relationships with people like my nodal relationships with people to explain how the field and angelic mind work mm. i'm like oh sick okay very cool very cool were they also like, the whole world is fucking all the time? 
That's all amazing <laughs> yes. <it> is. <laughs> yes. The very first angel that I talked to was like, you should be having more sex. I'm like, I mean, you don't have to tell me that twice. That's great. <laughs> From an angel too? Like, sure. <laughs> did, they, did they leave off the, with me? Was it, was that, did they leave that off? <laughs> they left, they left that off. That, that kind of came, that came later. They're like, so you could invite us. <laughs> Interesting. I like, I like hearing this because, uh, I mean, by my accounts, they've always been entirely asexual. But, but I am specific, specifically speaking of angels because, like, Watchers or Benayola came decidedly different in that capacity. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, I've never heard of angels being interested in sex other than like, uh, like how how uh, Tim Woody said a couple episodes ago that they watched, they, they talked about him hiking the Appalachian Trail when he was talking to an angel and they were like, what funny thing you do with your legs, it's hilarious. And he's like, walking? And they're like, yeah, it's a riot. Like, <laughs> like that's how I pictured angels seeing sex, but it's interesting to hear that there's different dynamics there. Yeah, they, what they told me, uh, what they brought to light was how beautiful we are when we have an orgasm or are in a state of pleasure, like the way our bodies glow and shine. They're like, it's gorgeous. We love it. We want to see more of it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's like a light show. <laughs> it's like us watching fireflies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm sure that varies in, in like the, the level of like love and connection too, because that definitely there are times when like you actually are like lighting up and it's like what the fuck. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I totally agreed with uh what that line in this movie where they're like the secret ingredient to sex is love. I'm like, uh yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then I guess that depends on how how adept you are at cultivating that and for whom and like mm -hmm. how that how the dynamics of like love move within you and how you can conjure and command it yeah i think that was one of the that was one of the things that was attractive to me about non-monogamy is like having not just it's not just multiple sexual partners but like cultivating love in all of its different forms with all of these different people and then getting to experience coming together and having sex with each other in all of these different ways of love without, you know, it's not just like one night stands and stuff. It's like cultivating this like really wonderful web of love. Gross. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh it's interesting because like uh, I think that's its ideal. Ideally, that's what it should be, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Um uh I think I'll I think it falls short a lot, but I think that's every relationship to a certain yep. degree. Yeah. Yeah, anything with an ideal, I mean, if you have an expectation, it, but you can set yourself up to be disappointed. So you just kind of go into it, <laughs> do your best. Start out disappointed. That's usually the best. No. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, okay, so what made you what made you decide on this film in particular? Because I know there was like a couple other things that you were sort of mm-hmm. uh, jockeying between. Uh, Rev said specifically, like any movie that you have something to say about. Yeah. And I, when I watched this movie for the first time, I was the only person that I knew anywhere that had ever seen it. And I'm like, I want to have a conversation about this movie because I haven't <laughs> gotten to do that yet. Other people need to watch it so we can talk about it. I love that. Yeah, see, I this to me strikes me as um, like in the Greek, it would be called agape, like the the general brotherly love towards all humans mm-hmm. that you should have, um, but with eroticism as an added element or mm-hmm. like um, <clears throat> to me, it strikes me as almost a new thing than say like falling in love with one person, like as a different sort of dynamic altogether almost, mm-hmm. instead of falling deeply in love with all of these people, because that would be, that would truly be too taxing. Like there's, yeah. <laughs> there's no way you could maintain yeah. that. So, okay, that's interesting. Well, I think, uh, and it's sort of suggested that to her, it's almost like it is one person, but it's all these permutations of the one person in a weird mm-hmm. way. And, yeah. and in fact, that, that is that whole scene with the, uh, the choral arrangement or the musical arrangement where she talks about like the bass and the, mm. well, I forget all the terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that's actually revisited a couple different ways because even there's like the scene on the train where she's like she talks about like puzzle pieces and like because well, she's actually referencing Jerome but in fact she's like masturbating to like this person's hair over here and this person's like the hands of this person and it's they're all assembling in her head and mm-hmm. it's still not him but but re- but there's like a I think there's like a uh, it's actually hinting at a bigger thing that I don't. I don't even think she realizes at that moment necessarily because um, I, f- I forget when all of these happen <laughs> in the story. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think for her that the whole agape, the, the love for the totality of humanity is that is what she's she's doing. I don't think she even realizes that. And I think that's mm-hmm. the like limitation. Uh, I think she sort of realizes it, but then she it's like she hits it and then walks back from it um yeah um i had a different experience of the of her um yeah what do you mean what uh, yeah go ahead like i didn't i didn't quite feel like that was the agape thing like it to me uh as someone who's been an addict like it felt it felt like she was in love with ecstasy Mm -hmm. the feeling the the state of ecstasy um and it was so intense and there's something like you know um atypical about her uh the way she processes feelings and emotions and the way that connects to her sexuality so that there's like i don't know um like it, it struck me as more of like a this is the place where I'm safe like is in this feeling this is the thing that I'm in love with and I have to just like be there and that's a separate thing from whether or not I am in love with someone or have agape towards them or whatever 
um, it seemed totally disconnected to me from any feelings of like love or goodwill to anyone. Um, but. Yeah, I think that's what it, I think that's what I'm trying to say is that like she doesn't. That's the thing that would the thing that is missing is what would actually make it that. But she's mm-hmm. stuck. Uh, yeah, because because she's rejecting it, right? That's her whole thing is she's rejecting love because she's like, uh, that ruins it. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and the way to get to get to agape is to allow yourself to like fall deeply in love with one person and like get your heart broken and move on past it and then become strong enough to like start extending that towards others and know that it doesn't kill you. Right. I think mm-hmm. that's the the ticket and she skipped that altogether. She, she avoided that uh, or tried to. I don't think you can really, but she, she committed to avoiding it at a young age. Mm. Yeah, yeah, she thought she was setting herself up for success. She's like, if I do this, I will never get my heart broken. And it's like, mm, nope, <laughs> that's not how that worked. Yeah, instead but if you get... You... I was gonna say, instead you get your pussy broken. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> and then she has to do a hard reset for a whole other yeah. half of the movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The first time I watched that that scene, I was just like, oh my God. I was like, that is like one of the worst things that could possibly happen. It's just like middle, just like all sensation gone. I would. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got the same feeling as uh, I, what was that? Uh, my wife and I were watching Fortitude, which is this older show that I had never heard of. And it's, it turns out it's wonderful. I'm in love with it. But like, so there's a scene where one of the characters just like suddenly goes blind out of nowhere. And it was the same exact feeling. It was like this, Ooh. I'm like watching her just like, okay, this, you know, like suddenly I can't feel my legs. Like suddenly I can't fucking see. That's like, but even worse than that, because it's like, it's like, uh, I can't feel my hands and I'm a pianist. Yeah. Like <laughs> that would be. Yeah. And it was also funny because that that guy that that is like what is what was his name like was it just a letter K or whatever the everybody was letters mm-hmm. the, the the sadist guy oh uh, I think it was K it was K um, yeah. it's funny because that I was like what who's that and I'm like oh that guy was like Washington spy and the show turn and it's like. <laughs> what the fuck how did that guy end up in this movie could, <laughs> um and then and then also seeing uma thurman um oh which there is a that scene reflects later on and it might even be in the mirror section because it uh because it's jerome it's when jerome takes their kid away and is like trying to get Mm-hmm. they're trying to confront her with their son yeah um and it and it's funny because it's it, it's this with miss h that's right <laughs> always the letters mm-hmm. like uh, and that that scene was just like so like so everybody's fucked up in this like <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
this is a deep mess that is like mm, i i kind of sort of sympathetic to this guy leaving her at the same time (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's like can i show the children the whoring bed i'm like oh my goodness yeah that was doing (laughs) that was special (laughs) and they have so many kids there's like 20 of them and (laughs) And she's like gathering them around on the bed like oh god that was just one of those times where I'm like, ah, lost Montoya, taking himself very seriously, <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to gut punch you. Like it's it's like you could have you could have stopped tastefully, and everybody's like, no, we have to go further. Yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of I kind of like, I kind of liked it because I'm like, this is just absurd at this point. <laughs> like just take it all the way through, all the way through, to just be like, no, I, I think we could add more to this. Well, <laughs> I really enjoyed that because you know there there are also several other points where he questions her retelling of the story so mm-hmm. it made me reflect back on that where like yeah that's true this is her account like it, maybe it wasn't that fucking dramatic it was when she was younger like it probably or maybe uh, maybe that's just how it feels so it's yeah. like Ugh. like her her it's shifted in her head even like it's it was that mm-hmm. intense mm-hmm. um Especially if he's an atheist, he doesn't really believe memory is accurate. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, which again, so so there's there's that whole thing with like her father, and then the the naked trees or the souls of the trees, mm-hmm. and like and and then her at the end climbing up and finding this like solo twisted tree that's way up in the at the top of the mountain, and it's just like this is so like beautifully animist and profound and like yeah sure buddy okay yeah right <laughs> well, I yeah and she said that her dad was uh like atheist as well yeah like yeah. when she's talking about the trees she's like but the trees i'm like it's always the trees trees always mm. get you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's really i think it might just be um it's, it really is. I think atheism is just a myth of Scandinavia now. That's why it's like, you know, you used to, everybody was Christian. Now you're like, well, we don't, of course, we're not silly. We don't believe in God. <laughs> we're not idiots. We're yeah, not I remember it. I, it's funny. I encountered that in a church. I went in, in, <laughs> in Stockholm in Sweden I went I went to this like amazing old fucking church that had this like crazy uh it had this beautiful painting in it of like um what do they call them it's it's when there's the the halos around the sun in winter time mm. it's like a really rare phenomenon I think they call them like dog runners or something like it's it's these like multiple halos it's this crazy huh. visual thing that'll and there's a painting of it um and it that i forget what it was relating to but the but the there was like a guy sitting in the church that was like i don't he was a volunteer of some sort and he was like yeah they just didn't know anything back then you know it was, it was just an optical phenomenon and and, and like it was just it's so it's like what are you a plant like is yeah. it, what is oh it's just an optical phenomenon <laughs> <laughs> nothing is real <laughs> everything is darkness forever <laughs> i am clippy i forgot i have come again 
the, those are the kinds of comments that crack me up because I'm like, can it not be both, guys? Like, yeah, really. It is only an optical phenomenon. I'm like, yes, and. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if the wind and the water and the sun are all alive? <laughs> and <laughs> like, and they're Ooh. also making crystal halo. Like, what? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> go, go do something useful. <laughs> R- write a poem. Don't do a math problem. Write a poem. Write a poem, yes. <laughs> That's really interesting to me. I think about that a lot because I'm like, well, most of the fairy tales we know were written like from a Dane. Like Hans Christian Andersen wrote so many of the fairy tales we know. And people don't believe in fairies anymore. <laughs> in these parts, it's very strange. But there, yeah, there are sure a lot of Scotswolds. A lot of those, a lot of those guys run it around. What are what are those? That's Skarsgård. Oh yeah, Scotswold. <laughs> I think for about I think about a decade plus, I think it's illegally required to have a Skarsgård in your movie. Yeah, yeah, I think they got the contract when Sam Jackson kind of like took a backseat. <laughs> Because it used to be him and everything. Now it's you, you don't have a scars guard, you don't have a film. Which I, I love him in this movie. I love him as the contrast and like like the the his like which I've I, I know some people that are basically like this guy because he's almost unbelievable because like she says something and then he like he pulls out this like dick like encyclopedic endless uh chasm of errata that he just throws at her and uh, and like relates what's going on with her through to some other like very intellectual high-minded thing or fly fishing or fly fishing <laughs> which which but they turned that into this very intellectual like high-minded thing oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, did they even say what he did like who he what he was or anything I think he was just a typical autistic guy or something. I don't yeah. know. Just like a dude with like, I, I was, yeah, I don't know. I was getting like a psychiatrist who lost his practice for some reason or retired professor. Or something. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely in that like super academic. Yeah. Uh, cause he, cause he, that the people that I've met that are like him are usually, they're usually in some sort of academic field. Like the people that just, it's just endless gathering of information and you gotta like, do something mm-hmm. with your time if you're not getting laid yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah he had a lot of books well, for a reason and it sounded like he was like entirely asexual he said he like experimented with masturbation when he was in like his puberty years but it's like you're not masturbating or fucking like what are you doing you're reading books <laughs> I, yeah it kind of makes you think like maybe there's another movie about him as like a serial killer on the side <laughs> he's got to do something with all that <laughs> <laughs> I sort of uh well this the, well, I guess we'll talk about the ending a bit I mean the thing about that though is I sort of like him as being this very innocent and that's why the ending makes no sense the ending i think is actually kind of stupid and like i i don't i feel i the, my honest opinion is that like i feel like he got to the end of this movie and was like 
oh shit i made some like really profound romantic classical like profound film where there's like it's ambiguous it's ambiguous but there's sort of hope at the end he's like i can't do that and it's like it's like he painted this landscape and he's like i gotta draw a dick on this (laughs) <laughs> otherwise, no, otherwise no one will think i'm cool and and dark and deep anymore so like let's just tack on this bullshit at the end where like he's the asexual guy's suddenly gonna try to fuck her and then she shoots him and it's like give me a fucking break dude you fuck coward me. you fucking coward especially if it's his trilogy about depression he's like no it can't end there's yeah. no light at the end of the tunnel in this. <laughs> like, which, which at that point, it's like, dude, this is you wanting to hold on to it. This is you not <laughs> accepting. No, yeah, I, I kind of get that. I feel like the movie, it probably ended up being better the other way. And he saw it and it was just stubborn. Yeah, but yeah he, I think he's, so. He's like, no, what I meant to write, what I wrote was this. <laughs> It doesn't matter that it just, you know, wanted to be this thing. I'm not going to like honor that, but, but it does. I mean, I get it because it is an important point. Like it's a really important point that he makes with the end. It just, I feel like it just happened to work out that the film itself would have worked better if it would have just ended Mm -hmm. fairly well. Um, If it would have just ended with her, with him leaving her to sleep on the, and then the door shutting. Yeah, that could have been yeah. great. It, it would have been because it. The thing is, is like you don't know if it's going to work out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah, and it it leaves us. But I feel, and I think this sort of speaks to the atheist. It's like no, you have to know exactly what I'm thinking, and there can be no ambiguity. And then also, I'm I'm fucking really punk rock and like dark, and you got to understand that too. And I don't want to mm-hmm. lose my cred and. And it sort of speaks to there's a thing in, in like that definitely emerged out of like modern art where there's uh, there's this, this idea of sentimentality and it being this ultimate sin. Uh, and really, I mean, they say sentimental, which was supposed to be wrapped up with kitsch. It's like you cheap emotional and what it actually i think turned into was like emotions are bullshit we're we're doing we're we're people of intellect and and intelligence and um you know that the passions and and emotions that's all like lesser stuff and i Mm -hmm. i feel like that's what it's what it actually turned into versus this like really high-minded at one point maybe it was but I, i but i think it it's in its worst aspects it it refutes it refuses to accept anything that of, of that nature that is that is possibly ambiguous and uh, ambiguous or or romantic or like um it's like it's all like hard hard science and intellect and intelligence yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i I don't know the I I didn't feel like strongly about the ending except for it just being like what what the fuck just happened okay I guess that that is how this is gonna like it closed the loop of yay she remembers how to like cock the gun now so that's cool she learned that lesson (laughs) (laughs) 
but it is really interesting the line that he says where he's like what you fucked thousands of men like yeah. why wouldn't you have sex with me and she's just like nope that's it like i'm done i've reached my limit there's no fucking way and then i just like it's like she she opened herself up to intimacy like the super like vulnerable intimacy she told her entire story she felt seen and like maybe allowed herself to feel loved by this person and then she's like god damn it you're gonna try to fuck me now no like i don't she's can't like can't handle it and she's like nope not, this is not happening this is not happening to me and yeah. also the way i mean also he doesn't ask if he can fuck her like yeah he comes in all the that's not gonna work which to me doesn't like that doesn't feel like the same character yeah right, that's, that was my big problem uh, yeah like through yeah. the entire movie it's just like you're like this doesn't make any sense and that yeah. and i think that's why i'm i'm so like rolling my eyes at it yeah it's not like a <laughs> it's not like a moral position or like a oh i i don't like it it's it's like a no that was like an incorrect filmmaking choice mm-hmm. um like from a technical perspective it just didn't fit the character but <clears throat> yeah but i but it was really, uh, yeah, I mean, really impactful because that the, the thought that like, okay, this guy who, who says he's asexual, um, I mean, I think it's interesting that he, that he chose to do this because it challenges, like, he, he, he says that he's this, right? That's him identifying as that. And what the mm-hmm. film shows us is like, actually, no, he's, a, he's, just, he's just been a coward. Like he's just waited until there's someone that he thinks has so little self-respect that he's safe. Mm-hmm. And that's not a, yeah, that's not a sexual preference, right? That's just avoidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a cool nuance to show, but I just think it was executed like Kurt said. Yeah, yeah. It's just like suddenly I'm different now. <laughs> yeah, because you you really did grow to like like him, and yeah. mm-hmm. and you didn't want that to stop, and it almost felt like you were kind of being trolled. Yeah, yeah. and and the and their their actual relationship is is sort of beautiful in a way because mm-hmm. they're the they're the total opposites. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and and that's what was like awesome about it, and then it's and he was. And he even says it like I, I'm probably the only person that could n- listen to your story and not judge it, right? Like, and and that you know, and that allows her to to uh, I guess explore a whole different territory for herself. And it just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like it's such a stupid edge lord move. <clears throat> that's my uh that's my two cents i thought it was really beautiful that they had this like um juxtaposition of the two of them and that he could you know hear her story and not judge her and she could feel actually seen um because it just didn't matter to him but i don't know yeah, he just was far too too likable. Um, <laughs> if he was going to be rapey at the end, yeah. like I could have, I could have even seen him proposition. Because when I was watching and it's leading up to that, I actually like 
thought in my head because I'm like a sick fuck and I have a terrible sense of humor. And I was I thought in my head like <laughs> him just going like, hey, wait, you know what? Maybe we should fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like as just total dick move bro bullshit. And then like 30 minutes later, he actually did it. And I'm just like, <laughs> but he didn't even ask. And it was just like, mm-hmm. that's that was like the ask. It was a joke in my head. And and then it happened in the movie. <laughs> yeah. But and there's like, I feel like there's a there's totally an opportunity for a situation like that. Because what it brings to mind for me is like um priestesses who worked in temples. Uh, like sacred prostitutes served this kind of role within society where like men in or people in positions like this person where they haven't had a sexual experience but are wanting a sexual experience or for some reason or another like haven't had like been able to cultivate sexual relationships for themselves out in the wider public go to a temple priestess to have like the experience of sexuality and like sexual intimacy with them. So he like if he had asked, she totally could have like stepped into this kind of role where she's like, yeah, I have had sex with a bunch of people. And if this is something that you're interested in, this is something that I could totally like be here with you for and like lead you through. We can explore this together. But you can't just stick your dick in her. That's not that's not how that works. But I think uh, that that's that is something that I that's like a role that I am very attracted to and kind of aligned with. And that's how I see the um, somatic sex educator program that I'm going through now. Like it's like this. It, this is the thing that's stepped into the role of like sacred prostitutes and temple priestesses is this kind of training. Yeah, the, the um, maybe the only way it could possibly exist in this culture as it is now. Yeah. Yep. Or at least at least exist as you know, um, not underground, because mm-hmm. you know I guarantee it. This it, it's happening. It's just not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yep, there's like a, a, a pipeline of uh, sex workers to somatic sex educators. Like so many of the people that are coming to the work are already uh, sex workers who are interested in bringing this kind of healing to. They're, they're like, I already do this, but it would be cool to have a piece of paper and not like risk myself every time I go out trying to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... uh. This has come up before on the show, but I really liked that about um, Firefly, how they had Anara. Um, like in the future, this role is back. You know, I thought that was really cool. That, or maybe it wasn't on the show. Maybe it was when we talked, but uh, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, how, how they they choose their clients, like in that mythos. Like, and I think that was a really like to have that as something that's elevated. Uh, changes everything like the 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 shaming and the hate and the and probably thusly a lot of the violence would be reduced I think mm-hmm. yeah um, it's it's all the framing of it uh, coming out of basically 50s mindset still 
but it's like I also find that people um and myself included for years like I had a hard time wrapping my head around like I don't have to be against the way that the other way like another way just because that's not how I am um mm -hmm. it's it takes a lot to to really wrap your head around like all the 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 myriad dualities that are false in your life you know it's like picking them apart over time um but yeah like I, I had so when I was like young was I like 16 um there was this this girl that I worked at camp with that were it's like a couple years older than me and she was like like sex for her was like shaking hands and like we were really good friends and I was like yeah you know like would that be like something you'd be opposed to like since I'm kind of nervous and I think I'd rather have it be someone that, that I'm just comfortable with and she's like yeah but like you have to know that's not going to be for me what it is for you like it's just going to be like no different than us like getting drunk or like playing music together or something and uh and that like sank in and I was like yeah I'm gonna pass like <laughs> it's like, it like really like okay yeah and, and I had to like bump up against that to be like that's not that's not the shape that I that I vibe with but like mm -hmm. then you know it's there's all these weird like things that that you develop about like my way is better or or there's like some kind of moral high ground to just being a different way than others. Um, mm -hmm. But like that was that was the key point of this movie was humanizing. Um, and and I think that's also why like like sure the end helped further that point, but but it was like totally unnecessary. Like he, it was it was great at showing, and his compassion towards her was like the taste that I feel like we should have had left in our mouths. It was mm -hmm. just that yeah. like yeah yeah, definitely. Um, yeah yeah the ending almost feels like her story turned him into this it's like that is it you just like you said you just drew a dick on it like why yeah. <laughs> and then a mustache <laughs> yeah. right right on the it's balls, a dick just... with a mustache <laughs> <on the top> <laughs> <hat>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's 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 preposterous. Mm -hmm. Not as preposterous yeah, but... as like thinking of now. I my head went to like mustache wax for handlebars for your pubes and <laughs> yes. Check out the keep your eye on the Numenots.com uh, or the <laughs> Numenots Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, that sounds more like the Numenots OnlyFans. <laughs> I don't know if we, yeah, do we have fans? <laughs> the Patreon content only. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted for nothing, <laughs> for literally nothing. <laughs> you think it's nothing, but it could be the start of the empire. <laughs> Yeah, when I first watched this movie, I was getting my, um, like, I I have always been, like, the sex person all growing up and all through, like, high school and college. Like, I was getting my, I was mitering in human sexuality studies. So, like, I was 
I have always been like the sex person. So like shocking no one that I picked this movie to talk about on this podcast. Um, and so I strongly identified with her both times that I've watched it. I've identified with her in a different way the second time that I watched it. But the first time I was like, I could kind of feel my body like hum with a recognition of this person who's just like, it feels like a, sex was something that I experienced people were constantly wanting to like turn away from or laugh off or like brush off and I was always like no I want to like get in there intellectually like I want to just totally explore and be enveloped by sex and sexuality um so it, it felt like I felt very seen the first time that I watched it and then also the second time that I watched it I've had more um I've had more experiences that kind of reflect some of the experiences that she has in the movie. So I was able to like see myself in her. Whereas the first time that I watched it, I saw like a potentiality of myself in her, which was very interesting for me. Hmm. This was originally on Netflix, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird to think of now like netflix used to have some really like crazy shit on it now it's netflix used to be cool it used to yeah. be cool to like get really high and just like get into the depths of netflix you find so many jewels in there and it's really it's like just stupid cake shows and shit <laughs> like, it's it's been a downward slide since the Koch brothers bought them in like 2016 or something oh did they buy them no oh. yeah in like 2016 it's probably changed hands yeah. even since then but that's when it started to really be just like Here's two seasons and then shows disappear and here's a new show and then here's a new mm -hmm. show. And then... <laughs> so when you're saying like uh, it's something people kind of want to turn away from, like I totally get that. But why do you think that is when it's something that everyone wants and it's like something when sex is on people's minds all the time, why is it that um, that facing it front forward seems to be such an issue like why does it want to be compartmentalized is it is it just insecurity or is it something else is it just people not wanting to feel vulnerable or is it more complicated i think there's a level of disgust that we're not comfortable with that it gets faced when we turn towards uh sex that like um has been it's either it's happened by association but like also sex is gross like there's gross mm -hmm. shit that happens during sex i mean being um, incarnate bodies are gross so yeah exactly like e even uh, worse when they're slamming up against each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> making all of these like squishy noises like who knows what's gonna happen um, With the goal of one puking into the other <laughs> 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 If you're, if you're really having a good day, you get the right part to puke. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> there, I mean, there's a no, that was that was awesome. I like that. The the puke, the images that just went through my mind were penis, the penis with googly eyes was what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, there was a there was a tangent that tried to pop up in my head, so but I sorry. think I'm gonna push it. Well, okay, no, now I want to bring it up. Um, have you ever made it to the corner of the internet where you've encountered the image of shitting dick 
nipples. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm starting a thrash band. <laughs> um, if I I if it's something that appeals to you, I encourage looking up the picture because like you look at it and you're like, oh yep, that's what that is. That's <laughs> shitting dick nipples. <laughs> <laughs> i'm familiar with some favorites like one man one jar but not shitting dick nipples no this one is like kind of like a um uh it's like a cartoon like drawing um and it's just like it's a there's a lot i think it's i think i would call her she she's like <laughs> real powerful there's a lot going on in that image <laughs> um Okay, let me see if I can get myself that that kind of, I mean that ties into disgust too. Like you could probably you could probably it could probably be like a tantric practice to sit and meditate with that image. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the graveyard practice. The, yeah. 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 Your, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of the the body meditation, the Buddhists yeah. like watching mm -hmm. the body break down. Um mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> but I'm I'm so yeah. into, I'm so into that kind of uh that sort of practice and I've always mm -hmm. been it's so strange that I'm just now I you know I had to be a practitioner for several years before like it clicks that like oh I have some roots somewhere else uh pre-incarnate shit going on because like when I was like when I was a little kid in Florida in the summer I was like seven years old I'd go outside and stand on the blacktop when it was like 110 degrees with bare Ooh. feet Ooh. And I just focus on the great. pain until until the pain disappeared and it turned white and hot and and or cold again and then like and like I used to stare at the sun until it like turned all kinds of funny colors and started making me hallucinate and like like just mm -hmm. all these really weird things that I would do like um, randomly fast just to get into a crazy state of mind before I even knew that was like that that was the purpose of it, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. just yeah. yeah. So like we. You say shooting dick nipples and like, yes, that, that weird, that's okay. And uh, I bring it up a lot because like, this is the reason that we have a show is because uh, of uh, Agitator, which is a couple uh, indie authors. Um, and uh, they review extreme Japanese cinema and it's mostly stuff that I would never want to watch. Like, but I enjoy hearing them talk about it and the, it's and a lot of it's stuff that has like brutal rape scenes and body horror and and like things that aren't really allowed to exist anymore in our culture mm -hmm. and um but i think it's really important to get those reactions to hear like and to keep alive like why you can't you can't shut your eyes you can't like shy away from these things you you don't have to watch it but mm -hmm it has to be allowed to exist because it's important for some people. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I told, I resonate with everything that you just said. I used to take like really like ridiculously hot showers when I was younger, same kind of thing. Um, no shit. Yeah. 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 You, I think I remember you mentioning on a different episode that you have Venus and Scorpio. Is that, yeah. am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. I also have Venus and Scorpio. And then that feels like that particular flavor of being just like, like drawn to that kind of stuff where it's like, oh, that's brutal. And I need to look at it more. 
Yeah. Because I, I enjoy those kinds of practices uh, as well, that meditation on like that, that I actually like, I found the disgust related to sexuality within my body and then like just like went really deep into all of the different kinds of like disgust like meditations like getting really comfortable with all of the gross things that my body does in like an intimate way or like Mm. like the other day I was like meditating um I was imagining myself being covered in like literal shit and then trying to find like an eroticism like the flavor of the erotic within my body as well while holding like both things and being like we're gonna do we're gonna find this and um really really interesting stuff happens in those kinds of meditations (laughs) but I enjoy it I enjoy it because it's so intense like there's that flavor of intensity it's such an extreme dissonance Mm-hmm. but yeah. but it's it's funny because it's still reflecting in like the like the everyday quote-unquote reality of sex right like you're talking about like it being disgusting but then mm-hmm. what and it makes you think like okay so she loses feeling in her in her vagina right so like mm-hmm. um so that only leaves the like gross part like there's mm-hmm. not the pleasure that's like overriding the like weird gross body part like Mm -hmm. the the thing that like yeah this is really strange but at the same time it feels so good that like Mm -hmm. whatever right you know but then you don't have that so then it's only the like yeah the really like gross gooey part Mm -hmm. yeah and that reminds me of like uh it reminds me of the, like trying to pull the universe apart into different parts and look at it individually and it's like you can't do that because both of those things exist at the same time and if you try to pull it apart then stuff like that then you're only left with the disgust yeah well something i've noticed with myself uh and sexuality is like if i chase just the feeling and not the connection with another human being that um that would sort of break down and like, mm-hmm. like it would just be discussed with human bodies for a while after that. Like I would just be like, humans are fucking gross. Like, but I, I mean, I always have some like uh, incarnate dissonant, like just incarnate discomfort, you know, just like mm-hmm. this, it sucks to be meat. Um, but uh, it feels unnatural to be in a body to me, but yeah. I forgot where I was going with that, really. But, uh, yeah, it just, it's really easy for, without the, without the, like, sapiosexual connection, uh, mm-hmm. without that, like, human-to-human, um, if it, if it doesn't, if the person isn't the focus, then, like, it's just, it gets gross really fast for me. <laughs> yeah or there's like I feel like there's like a um like in the moment it's great and then like afterwards you're like ooh, I feel this creeping up in my body that I don't like I kind of want to go take a shower now um that was something that I noticed happening uh I like changed my masturbation practice to make it so that like the body connection that's happening is happening with my own body. And then it's not just like, 
even that isn't just about the feeling like there's a connection with self that's happening or there's a connection that's happening like with the divine as well like inviting the divine into the practice um so and i i totally agree that without the connection you're just like this is doesn't feel good anymore in the way that i want it to feel good so the the idea being like you actually having sex with yourself not mm-hmm. yeah. not not uh going to a fantasy or anything like being present mm-hmm. yeah yeah or i mean and there's like there's a i mean there's a way to invite other beings into your practice as well too like you could have sex with yourself and then it's like what is fantasy at that point like mm. when you're sitting there fantasizing who are you having sex with mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah spirits yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've thought about that a lot i actually uh it's long, long time been a practice of mine that I don't like to think of people unless I know that I have permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know that I accidentally sometimes can actually reach out. I gotta be extra polite in that way. <laughs> like, keep your thoughts to yourself unless you have any business doing mm-hmm. so. But if you have business doing so, it could be really fun. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. I I think I'm a great and powerful wizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get the feeling that um some of the the ghost talismans are like like you have like there's there's one in particular I kind of have to like set, I had to set boundaries immediately with. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, hey, hey, <laughs> I'm, up, I'm up here, I'm up here. <laughs> and it's just this feeling yep. of like, like, you know, it's, it's uh, just this feeling of this girl, this young girl who died and wants to experience everything that she didn't get to experience much of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like, you know, there are other ghosts around, like, you can... <laughs> Yep. I'm sure there are a bunch yeah. of young boys in town going through puberty having dreams every night. <laughs> oh yeah. I've actually I've had the um the experience with my ancestors specifically of like all of my um like female ancestors who were in relationships specifically with their uh breasts only as like they feed children they're like that's what they do with them that's it there was a um, one of my pleasure practices one day was all of them kind of showed up and sat with me and we like experienced the pleasure of having boobs together and it felt like this whole world opened up for them they're like whoa they're like wait this is neat. Keep doing that. They're like, keep doing that with your body. Like that is so cool that you can have this experience with your body that we were not able to have, but we can share with you in this practice. So it, it feels, um, it feels like a really cool opportunity for ancestral practices. It's like bringing them in like, uh, intentionally into pleasure practices to like come back into a different kind of relationship with our bodies. I love that you bring this up because uh, I'm sure a lot of people would go like, ooh, ancestors and sex, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like I've heard, and some people even recommend 
like keep your keep your ancestor shrine out of your bedroom and I personally uh I don't have my ancestor shrine in my bedroom but I have before and my whole thing is like I I have a very specific right that I do that's you know to make sure that no one is hanging around that isn't in my corner for who I am right now in this life right mm -hmm. and and people have such a weird concept of time when it comes to ancestors like they tend to go like white colonial blah 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 blah, and I'm like you did fucking have no idea what time is like like you're thinking of this little toenail right and it's just it's ridiculous how many people how many humans have lived and died so that you could be mm -hmm. here now and like no matter who you are or what you're doing like there's support there there's going to be people back there who are strong and like ready to be there for you or and and I'm sure you know plenty no matter what you're doing that could get healing from what you're what you're doing too so like yeah. I mean if if you can't be comfortable with that like they're already in your blood they're not like humans walking around they're not your aunt sally it's like if you if you're legally allowed to marry your third cousin uh then someone 50 generations back is that even a fucking relative like in, in that sense do you need to even feel weird about them seeing you naked like yeah that, uh, I mean, there's sci-fi stories where people go back in time and marry their great grandma, and it's not that weird when you're watching it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I just, I just find the whole uh, aversion interesting and kind of odd because people get so narrow-minded and fixated on like it's family, it's family. They're, they're like all the family I know, and they can't imagine, um, like, like a. Uh, 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 an exalted like prostitute in Babylon is is mm -hmm. in their family line and she's like hell yeah, yeah like, I got your hey. back <laughs> like fuck right. yeah dude <laughs> although yeah. I, I think I have to draw a line at the banana slugs that are all the way back there that... <laughs> <laughs> banana slugs are not invited to the sex party <laughs> actually I think I think it is them that have like the, have you ever is it the banana slugs there is some slug that their mating ritual is one of the most beautiful crazy insane things i've ever seen like they i've not seen that right they um, i think it's banana slugs it's definitely it's definitely one of the largest slugs they meet in a tree and then they create this like slime rope that they suspend themselves down from and they're both hermaphrodite like slugs are all hermaphroditic if i'm not mistaken and they start spinning and their sexual organs come out of their neck and it turns into this like beautiful, like mobile, like umbrella thing that's spinning in the middle of the air. And it's like slugs. That's disgusting. <laughs> Low rent snails. <laughs> vagabond, vagabond snails. That's what they are. Homeless. <laughs> I, I had awesome. I had that I had that as a as a experience once where I was I was out like after a rain and like I I was near this like fence and it was covered in snails and I'm like this is amazing it's so beautiful like they were they were on the they were on the door they were on everything and then I was like if these were slugs I would not think the same thing <laughs> what the how, what what bullshit who who is repping snails that that 
suddenly we're like, oh, this is whimsical and magical. And it's like, it's just because you have fucking houses, you homeowning motherfuckers. That's it. No, it's it's Fibonacci. It's it's because of that. It's because of that spiral. It's all about that spiral. (laughs) You see it and you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this shit. This is good. And the other guys are like, "Uh, did I sneeze? I'm totally gonna go look up that slug thing after. I'll I'll see if I can find it. I'll see if I can find it. It was def- it was one of those BBC documentary things. We should do a bonus mm-hmm. bonus content episode of just our audio reactions to all the videos we've mentioned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this reminded me a lot of shame in the way that it made me feel. The uh, Steve McQueen. Um, yeah, that's uh, and you said you haven't seen that, right? Yeah, I've not seen that one. Okay, yeah, neither have I. I'd be really interested if you watch it. Like, I'd love to to talk about it because it. Yeah. Um, it, it might be a, an interesting companion piece to this, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it has a it has a really similar um arc of uh escalation, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you know, at first, like. It doesn't really hurt anyone, and then eventually it's um, really fucking up other people's lives and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But um, the main thing is you get to see Fastbender's dick. So nice. That's, yeah. Yeah, but that I'm- was um, the way that this movie was filmed. Is that they they uh, I don't know what the word for it is, but they like digitally put the actors' faces on porn actors' bodies. <laughs> Okay. So that they could have like full on like uh, unrated sex scenes. Huh. And there was a, a, a bit from Lars von Trier where he, he found it really funny that when he was filming with the, the porn actors, like um, they would just like keep going. Even after he had like stopped filming, he was like, what? They're like, well, in the porn industry, we cannot stop until the director says cut. And he's like, oh, all right. Sorry. Cut. <laughs> Wow. So they just like kept going and he thought he he got it. I'm reminded of that that, was funny. that that uh spell in the uh sorcerer's treasure that's like to make a woman da- or what wait, what book is that? It's it's either in that or it's in fuck to make like a woman strip naked and dance forever until you say a magic word to make her stop. And then it's like has oh. this warning that it's like, it's actually don't try it. It's actually not really <laughs> enjoyable at all. It's really not cool. Uh, like oh my god yeah. <laughs> it's because it has the smell of someone who actually tried it and was like no bad I, I <laughs> it works I didn't think it would work I don't know how to turn it off turn it yeah. off <laughs> oh god that's so oh, oh I feel so bad they're just like please we're so 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 tired just yell cut please say cut yeah <laughs> <laughs> no safe word yeah I know oh my god that part that part made me angry because I hate when they fucking do that kind of shit to the to the kink community where they're just like 50 shades of gray and then this stuff you're just like fuck you that's not what it looks like oh yeah (laughs) yeah although I I do think he was supposed to be a particularly extreme yeah yeah Yeah, like like outside even the normalities of that that Mm -hmm. guy was supposed to be um in that case they did a good job they did because that is like super extreme 
first because I could totally see there being like like you play around with someone that you have a lot of trust in no safe word but so I guess that does speak to the the extremeness of the situation that's just a, it's a hot button for me as being a member of the yeah. community where people are like well you're sick and disgusting I'm like no that's not how that works but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's, uh, I was actually thinking about it. I was like, I wonder, because there's all those montages of like guys' dicks in the movie. I'm like, is mm-hmm. Trevor's dick is probably in there somewhere, isn't it? He probably took <laughs> yeah. a photo and put it in there. Uh, and then there's the whole hilarious. It's yeah. like reverse fight club, like oh, yeah. where he splices in, he's splicing in his own face for a frame. Like, <laughs> Or his real dick. Yeah, just for one frame over top of another dick. (laughs) And he'd definitely pick one of the black ones just for, like, (laughs) so you really see it show up, you know? Yeah, that that was also hilarious. The two black guys arguing with just their two dicks. Oh, yeah. Arguing about, like, which which hole. Well, it was great. (laughs) Like, sitting there. (laughs) It's like, as they're arguing, they're getting harder. So it's clear Mm -hmm. that, like, what they're into is each other and arguing. Mm -hmm. Which was just gross. (laughs) Like, like, aren't they brothers? Like, fuck. (laughs) I, I draw the line at like you know straight incest mm-hmm. maybe it was brothers in the term of like brothers like that kind uh, of agape could have, could have been. brothers <laughs> it could have been uh, you definitely I mean, it is, it, it, is her, it is her telling that story so it could be mm-hmm. mm. yeah yeah Yeah, because there's no way for her to know what their relationship to each other is, except that they were standing on the corner together. Yeah. That's true. And they do try to hint that, like, maybe she's not the most, like, sensitive person to race or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. She's not that sensitive to uh, just other people's emotions in general. Yeah. Probably because she's not sensitive to her own either. Like she's never yeah. looked at hers. Why would she look at other people's? Right. Yeah. It'd be really easy as like someone in her life to just be like that fucking psycho, psycho bitch, leaving her fucking kid, not caring at all, running out all hours of the night. She's crazy. She doesn't care about anything. Well, that's what happens with her. I think it's her boss. That's like, do you know all the things that people are saying about you? You have to go to the sex addict group now. Otherwise, you're going to lose your job. That also reminded me of Fight Club. (laughs) That moment of where he's just like, I don't care. Like he said, in trouble at work. And it's like, this thing is bigger than me now. Like this is bigger Mm -hmm. than... yeah, I, I actually was like, I, does she still have a job? Like, I yeah. there's very many parts in this movie where I'm like, what is, how is, what's happening here? I don't really understand. I know. Whatever. She like comes home to her own apartment. She's like checking the messages. I'm like, does she, did she come from work? 
is she working still? <laughs> like, yeah. How are you paying for this apartment? <laughs> Was that pedophile statistic true? Oh, the, that they most of them don't act. Yeah, I don't um, know. It wouldn't. I, it wouldn't surprise me. It yeah. would not surprise me. That that might be that it's it was really interesting that it went there because that's like mm-hmm. of of everything, especially nowadays, that there's like no rational discussion to be had around any of that. Yeah. Like I I don't I you can't like I don't even necessarily want to talk about it because it's just like it, yeah. So but it is it is amazing that this movie even extended empathy to that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, um, uh, and I think it had a fair point in it mm-hmm. uh, because it is like it is. Um, it, and actually, that's an interesting thing to think about. Like, that is some sort of curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That and yeah. I can't imagine trying to like I I was close to someone who ended up like being a pedophile, like not for very long before it came out, but like um and that was fucking devastating. Like all these feelings of like I should have seen this somehow, right? Yeah. But but it's like even if I did, I wouldn't have assumed that this person was going to act on that. Yeah. Um, but they fucking did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally, I agree with it being some kind of curse, for sure. I think there's something that, there's some flavor to that. Because I, I found some kind of ancestral stuff up a line that had some kind of cursing going on with it. And my mom told me about my, one of my grandfathers, she's like, he was a school bus driver and he would like look at the children in a specific way and I'm like ooh alrighty that's got a flavor to it and she's like it ever nothing ever happened but I'm like hmm yeah but it had the same flavor of like being the line being touched with a specific kind of madness which yeah yeah feels very cursy someone someone needs to be spoken to about that yeah um yeah, in, in the case but, that I was, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, it was there was a conversation that we had had in my um, abnormal psychology class was about pedophilia, and I actually remember being one of the people to bring up in the class. I was like, well, if they're living their lives and they're not hurting anyone, then like, at what point does it become a wrong thing? Mm-hmm. And that was it, the discussion went on from there but I watched this movie after that discussion happened and I was like okay someone else is thinking about this too I'm like I don't know why I'm thinking about this but Mm. there's some kind of empathy that came through for me too and I wonder if it has to do with yeah maybe yeah I mean it, it is it is the like uh I don't even know how to say it. the ultimate like people don't want that to exist like yeah like it's like that uh like a cosmic repulsion like 
yeah, the, the, mm-hmm. yeah the, no one is okay with it right mm-hmm. um yeah and and i i was it you know it's funny like being into like sci-fi stuff you're like uh well if there's an argument for sex robots maybe that's one of them but the thing <laughs> is is like mm-hmm. even that like i don't i don't even think people would accept that people would probably yeah. find that too fucked up yeah right I think there's um, there's more to be said about like digging into it's like okay let's like see where this comes from. Yeah, but okay. the thing is, is I don't think even people even want to approach it to dig. Like I think it's mm-hmm. yeah, and it, yeah. it's it immediately will and it's like I said I'm like it's it's one of those things. I was like I don't even want to talk about it because it's like it yeah I could already I could feel my like guts. Yeah, it just like, gets eh. it's it's so easy to like. It, the reaction people have to it is so strong rightfully so mm-hmm. uh, but yeah there's just there's so much darkness around that yeah 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 <laughs> should we talk about clippy again i don't know Well, okay, so that's an interesting thing, though, because uh, it's like, okay, on the argument that, from from the argument that, like, these people shouldn't be allowed to exist, which is... Uh, that's already negated, because they do exist. But, so. but, mm-hmm. but, I, yeah. but where that's coming from is like, well, you know, they're going to have to satisfy those urges somehow. And if there's, like, child pornography available then like how do you not just go access that uh when you like how do they tell themselves not because that's not directly causing harm but it's feeding ad revenue for an industry that is causing like it's yeah um, yep so you know it's i mean as we talk on our fucking like computers that are made by (laughs) child labor but like it's it's just how far do you want to go and where do your what what really upsets you the most uh yeah i guess yeah it does feel like it feels like this really big dark thing that's just like there is some like it there's the option of like you just like don't look at it and that's how you make your piece of it you just like put up a wall but it's like if the if the wall is not building itself to like just not look at it and it continues to try to face you then there's like some kind of piece that has to be made with it and there's like I then a boundary kind of shows up there where you're like I cannot exist and also think about this I have to stop I just Mm. have to stop like at some point you just have to stop sitting with the horrors of the world because you'll just dissolve into nothingness that's not going to help them stop though is it like yeah I know right you're like I mean, I, I, they're, they're not that concerned about pedophiles in fucking Denmark. Like, they don't have the same issues here. Um, hmm. It's it's not like men aren't, people aren't afraid of men being predators all the time. Uh, yeah, that, that is a particularly fucked up. That's America. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Like people leave their kids outside of like the store in a stroller and go inside mm-hmm. and, and buy food and come out and walk home like that's normal so what is it about what is this like dark cloud that's 
staring at staring back at us that's like why is this formed why is this happening and because I, I think with the, the experience I had the person that I know knew was like um it was it was seemed pretty clear that they had their self-expression had been stolen from them when they were a child mm. like that everything they wanted to do one of their parents would come in and like do it complete it for them and do it the right way for them so they never got to actually like put affect the world uh in the way that mm -hmm. they wanted to so that that expression was stifled and they that part of them never never matured uh, mm -hmm. actually a lot of parts of them didn't but um and I see like looking back it's like this I get it that's you you can't feel safe enough with another adult to be vulnerable enough to access mm -hmm. that part of yourself and um like the body grew up but this aspect stayed uh the same age yeah and I, I I get that and what I what what I what I really grappled with was like thinking back on okay so at what point does that is that just like this passive nightmare that this person has to live in? Mm -hmm. And that's something to have sympathy for. At what point did it warp into the, uh, the like the way that she owns like a, I am this in that meeting? Mm -hmm. Like at some point he did that internally yeah. before, before I knew him, I guess. Um, or, and, and chose to say like, I'm going to, I'm going to have the thing I want. It doesn't matter what happens. And somehow then, you know, move things around inside to justify it and became. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's the process that like, what's happening there. I want to know, like, I, I think if we can <laughs> figure that out and, and where's that developing, like developmentally speaking, if you can, headed off at the pass and give someone the treatment or the care they need before it turns into the the predator aspect mm -hmm. there's, the, there's the sexual preference which um seems to be the consensus that those things don't really change mm -hmm. after um after they're they're that way so yeah so how do you how do you manage that? How do you and, and at what point does that turn into a predator? Um, mm -hmm. That to me now seems like the big line. Yeah, there's some. I mean, there there are some interesting threads that feed into the situation that turns it into a predatory situation in which we don't give children the um, the ability to consent. Which, which like it's kind of a, that's a sticky topic um but we have decided that children under a certain age do not have the ability to consent um and so that creates a predator is someone not giving consent and then taking the thing anyways they have now become a predator um also i don't think that we set ourselves up I don't want this to come off as victim blaming, but I don't think that we set 
ourselves up when we are that young in a position where we know what yes and no feels like in our body and have our yeses and nos honored in such a way where we can stand in our power and say, no, I don't want this, or yes, I do want this. And if we were put into, if we take a child who is fully empowered in their yeses and their nos, and they're presented with a situation where it's not someone taking something from them, but someone asking them to be involved in a situation with them, then we would have to allow for the possibility that that child would wholeheartedly say yes hmm. to the invitation. And I don't know if that's something that we're ready to sit with as a possibility. Yeah, I don't think that is, uh, I don't think that is a possibility personally. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm okay with that either, but it's- Because yeah. I don't think, I don't think a child, yeah. like just, if they don't know what yes and no is before they hit puberty, they don't really understand sexual relational aspects of adults so it's like uh, a child and another child being hypersexual with each other is different than a hypersexual child being invited by an adult because that is mm -hmm. that's no matter what that's taking advantage period because it's yeah they, they don't have the cognizance of the relational dynamic to they're not playing on the same field uh, at all Mm -hmm. and, yeah and yeah like I yeah, think that's, that's that makes sense to me yeah um yeah I don't think that's necessarily um kid, kids probably do have a lot more agency but I don't know if the ability to express it is there like you're saying yeah yeah the the there's like a stifling that happens I think 100% we know what a yes and no feels like but is soon as it's reflected back to us that that's not going to be honored, different pathways are opened up and different tactics are starting to be used. Well, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's what a, a coming of age initiatory right is. It's literally you learning that you have the decision to say no and stand up on your own. And, and that doesn't happen until coming of age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the thing that keeps coming back is the the um, the okay. So I, I have I have this idea in my head about uh, like why children are not in the same um, like we haven't we haven't allowed for sexuality to be part of the play of childhood which I think is something that affects how we experience sexuality for the rest of our lives. Like it becomes, it becomes this like big thing that isn't just like, this is a part of what we do with our bodies. This is sometimes how we play. Like sometimes bodies play with each other like this. And there's so much fear around children being sexual beings. Like I, I've seen it in, uh, like different, like parents can get freaked out like if their kid gets like a boner for the first time or whatever. Or like when you have to have like the talk about like, oh no, they've started masturbating. They've, they've discovered their genitals. What do we do with them? And- um, You teach them to use a rag properly. Yeah. <laughs> like cover it, cover it right before and you don't have to <laughs> clean up as much. Yeah, exactly. There you go, um, good boy. 
<laughs> and like and and so having having the conversation be something around like playing <coughs> uh, like playing with bodies and like allowing the space for children to like play with each other and like figure it out and explore so that you don't have to do it later on when there's all of these like expectations that have been built up and like um you like especially like during puberty when you're like I feel really weird about my body and now I also like want to try to have sex with someone but I have to like if, if we have already figured out how to play the game of sex and then go through like the weird process of body changing maybe it would be like less traumatic to be I, I don't know. I think it'd still be fucking traumatic. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's probably designed to be traumatic, but like you could have fun. You'd be like, okay, we can go play this game without it being weird. And it could, you could like level up through puberty. <laughs> well, I think level that's interesting. Sex game. The, uh, you touched on there with the, the, the projection of the, of adults, of their, their own discomfort with sex. Um, they pass that down as an ancestral curse every generation that they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. with it. Um, yep. And that, do- that doesn't mean like fuck in front of your kids. It <laughs> just means like, <laughs> but like it, it means don't avoid it like the plague. Don't avoid this to talk about it and don't avoid like that it exists. Um, mm-hmm. But because treating it as taboo, I think leads to what you're talking about earlier about not being able, like a lot of people not being able to face forward and and Mm -hmm. really really just head on discuss and get into the nuance about sex because well that's not something we talk about is the shape that they were given it's like yeah we when it's brought up we hush it under the rug uh and so then that's just how you do and and if you're if like the group you're hanging out with if, if most of their parents did the same thing then it really is just this this curse of um like we are not allowed to discuss or be open about this and yeah yeah and then within that it's like if you are able to discuss it which is something i'm very very much appreciate uh that you are able to like be humorous and not be i find that when when sensitive subjects are someone's like when their their like thing is something that's a sensitive subject often there's like a very serious like like let's use all the right words and not like make a dick joke at all uh you know but it's <laughs> i'm just glad that that's uh yeah you're representing well because i think that's i think that's really important um yeah it's yeah. supposed to be fun sex is a fun thing <laughs> right most it's people a fun like, and funny thing most of the time when you hear people discussing sex it's not it sounds like doctors or psychologists or it's dry or it's overly intellectualized or it's fucking just some stupid hipster you know gen xer pretending to be a psychologist in their mm-hmm. verbiage. hey well you have to be very intellectual because one of the like one of the like root uh root fears of the sexologists was like we can't let anyone know that we're doing this because we like it and because it's fun. They're going to think we're perverts. It's like, you are perverts. It's fantastic. <laughs> Sex is a fun thing. <laughs> that's, well, yeah, it's like not laughing at farts. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. My, my, my sister told me that Gen Z is no longer laughing at farts. Farts are no longer funny. 
and they're disgusting, and now cum is funny. I'm like, what? This is the same kind of thing, it's just a different body. What the fuck? That just sounds like a... I feel like I feel like yeah they, I feel like they hired some trend company that was that's like, a depopulation well, yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> a, that's a psyop farts aren't funny anymore it's psyop cum is absurd it's so stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, I, I think there should be like a country song uh, written now like from some right wing country you know whiskey guzzling star who's like. Like, you know, laugh when you fart and smile when you come. Like, that'd be great. Like, just be human. Because <laughs> that's, that's an extreme right-wing perspective, I think, at this point. <laughs> this, this, this reminds me of, like, I had, a, I, have a, I had a college friend that was, like, such a, like, black metal goth guy was like, I, wish I, I wish my cum was black I would cum everywhere that's <laughs> 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 so hardcore oh my god <laughs> well, yeah it's like your, what, your brain whoa okay whoa dude you're like okay yeah sure I mean <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he was just like imagining like I ejaculate and the symbiote venom soup comes out. Like I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> well, now I'm trying to think like if it would be fun to have cum be a different color. Wait, was that one like rainbow starlight? Like that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Hold on. Was that what was in the the jars in Prometheus? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh my god, that dude's come. <laughs> it's, it's that guy's that guy's just like, oh, you guys found my storage closet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we isolated this fucking guy on this planet. <laughs> Well, first of all, he's keeping his cum in jars. What are you doing? He's like, I was, I was just getting the hang of the pressure cooker. Some of those might have botulism. Look out. <laughs> and so now I'm picturing like, uh, like it's like the Schwarzenegger video. The, I'm, I'm coming when I'm out. I'm coming all the time. Like it's like from way back when, uh, pre-governor, you know, um, and just like with black, it's just this venom suit. I just. <laughs> oh. I think there should be high, high budget, like, uh, just absurdist porn comedies. I don't know why that's not a thing. Uh, I mean, I think it, it is, it is a thing. So is it? There, it, I feel, I feel it exists. I, I took a, there was a class that I took in college that was called Images of Eroticism, which was basically come sit in this classroom and we'll watch, uh, porn films together and then we'll discuss them. They're like art porn films. Um, was it just film or was it also, did they go over like painting and illustration? We did. I don't know if we did painting and illustration as well. Most of it was most of it was just film. Just um, film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we, we in that class we did talk about uh, 
in, I believe it was the Victorian era, I'm gonna try to remember the story, when there was a lot of uh, stuff that they found in Pompeii, like all of the statuary and stuff, like all of the penises everywhere, a lot of naked people. And um, they took all of those things and they locked them in a basement in a room. And um, the story that I was told is that this is where the term pornographic came from. And so it became pornography because of it being hidden away in a room and they would like sell like tickets and stuff they would like invite people mm-hmm. to come like secretly walk through all of the like dirty artifacts and like come look at all of the stuff and so that was how this like concept of pornography was birthed is that it is something that's kept in the basement and hush hush and you go in like giggling to yourself while you're experiencing it it's just early colonialism you got you got to love how Victorian era everything created all these amazing fucked up things from their like inhibitions. Yep. <laughs> so much. Yeah. That's interesting Which, though. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Like before that is where you would find you just got to go back before that to find the ancestors that are cool with the sex. <laughs> just Go back before the Victorian era. Stuff happened before then. Uh, but you were saying that there was expensive absurdist. Oh, actually, yeah, I, um, yeah, go, I actually thought of two. Uh, yeah, which I've never like seen. I, I, which ones were you thinking of? Uh, there's famously Edward Penis Hands. Hmm. Okay. And then yeah. there's uh, Flesh Rogers. Is that what it's called? There's there's a, there's a fle- or Flesh Gordon. That's it. <laughs> uh yeah the, it's it's a it's a take on flash gordon i don't remember when that was made but i've never seen it but i know about it i love that you felt the need to to, to qualify that it's a take yeah, I, it's a take on flash gordon oh <laughs> <laughs> wait you know, there actually, are but it's flash no, you can go well no i was gonna say it's funny how also if you start talking about sex like everything becomes a pun because it's always in reference to <laughs> like any I, I, cause like we've said like touching and face forward and frontal and like all this other shit that's like, <laughs> yeah. See, I guess, I guess that's kind of what I don't want though. Like when I'm saying this, uh, this idea of like, I think I'm thinking more like, give me like abstract slapstick porn. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's not, like, not just a close up, just a close up of someone a, like um... smushing peanut butter on a nipple for like five minutes. Yep. And then I, yeah. I can, I've seen, I have seen this. I've seen a film. There's a film festival that happens every year called Hump by Dan Savage is the one that does it. And one of the films that was in it is one of my favorite pornographic films. There are two women who are having sex with each other and they call these two dudes over who are at a different apartment having sex with each other. And they the women invite the men over. And before the men leave, they start to mix up um, pancake batter the women, the women call them, they're like, we're hungry, you need to bring us food. So they mix up pancake batter and they also get a, a carton of blueberries and they get one of those like pancake batter like gun things and they put the pancake batter into the butt of one of the dudes and they put the blueberries into the butt of the other dude. And then they have like these little like aprons on and they ride bicycles over to the girl's house on cobblestone streets. So there's like pancake batter like leaking out of this dude's butt while he's like riding the bicycle over to these two girls. 
house. They get there and they make the pancakes. The pancake batter comes out of the dude's butt. The blueberries come out of the other dude's butt on the griddle. They're like flipping them. And then it ends with all of them like pouring syrup on the pancakes and eating the pancakes together and having sex. <laughs> Does this also large venture? No. <laughs> <coughs> Too bad. <laughs> it sounds Scandinavian. Like maybe Dutch. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it's actually him. He's just like it's, it's entered as like Luke von Trout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but I I like that kind of stuff where it's just like it's porn, but like it's fun. It's like ridiculous. How ridiculous would we make? Because there were a lot of uh, the films that I was exposed to in that class were very like very political. They had a lot of things to say about like the world and society and that kind of stuff. So it's nice to just be like, let's make something ridiculous. I really, I, I just crave things that are just for the tactile experience of it. Like, don't make mm-hmm. a fucking point. I don't care about your fucking point. I already <laughs> thought of it. Like, I don't want to hear it from you. Like, I just, I'm, I'm, I came to watch a movie or to listen to something to like enjoy it and, mm-hmm. and have an experience. And like, God, I just appreciate so much when, when you get just long shots or just textures and like um, the way things like, blow in the breeze or run into each other in in movies and they just and people take the time to give you those the things that you notice as your eyes are darting around in the world Mm -hmm. and and they actually stick with you as character of the place Uh, yeah there was there was so much good film uh good camera work in this and good uh like everything like it was i really loved the way that it was made um it was beautiful um I love the whole fish stuff. I wish they kind of, I kind of wish they would have come back to the fly fishing thing at the end somehow and tied it back around um, because it was such a good little, um, (laughs) such a good little tributary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Now, at first, when he said, This is kind of like fly fishing, I'm like, What? And then he makes like a good, like a solid, beautiful point. I'm like, oh wow, okay, yeah, it is like fly fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I rolled my eyes at first, and then I was like, oh, good job. Yeah. <laughs> the last chapter is like deep sea fishing. They're in Florida, and they're all like in <laughs> shirts. And, like, you went off the rails, man. It just went too far. Yeah, if he had just left the door closed and let her sleep, he wakes her up the next morning. We're going fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Sequel that's a buddy comedy. (laughs) (laughs) They have to. They have to solve. They're detectives. They have to solve a crime. (laughs) (laughs) But it's something really benign, like the town mascot went missing. (laughs) It's just this plot of Ace Ventura. He has to keep her from fucking everybody they meet. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's... 
It's like, like fucking Three Stooges style slapstick. <laughs> She's just trying to have sex with everyone. He, he like turns around and he turns back. It's like, how did you start fucking this person? I don't know. Just <laughs> no idea. And like way too often, it goes into segments where it's in forty-five, or it's in, in you know, it's in like uh, uh, like super fast uh, eight millimeter, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Someday the unofficial sequel to the information. Which is the sequel to Holes. <laughs> I really I said it I sent I sent Kurt that message when we were just a few minutes when I was just a few minutes into watching it. I was like, is this holes too? <laughs> and and then like Shia LaBeouf went away and I was like, ah, oh, maybe I missed the mark on that one. And then later he came back <laughs> and she started saying, fill all my holes. And I was just like, oh my God, I nailed it. It wouldn't have been half as funny if I didn't say it like in the first five minutes and then have it like turn out to be a prophecy. <laughs> oh my god. That that movie is another movie. That movie is great. I watched that. You you suggested oh, yeah. that in your course. And when I watched it, I was like, holy fuck, I didn't realize how good of an ancestor movie and spirits place. Yeah. I'm just like i'm like this is right on the fucking nose this is so good it's really it's weird ins- it's insane i didn't mm-hmm. expect it when i watched it either i was just like wait this is what the fuck this is a disney movie from when and <laughs> yeah really good uh, well so that just leads is, is shia labeouf some secret sherpa to actually good stuff like you want to hate him and everything he's in but then he just he kind of wanders into these things that are actually like really profoundly amazing. I mean, I guess that's ruined by all the Transformers bullshit, but <laughs> I mean, he could learn to have a British accent. Yeah, right? I'm like, dude, come on. Just try a little bit harder. <laughs> just a little. Because there's a couple times where he gets it, you're like, okay, that's not bad. And then it's like, no, that's just Shia LaBeouf. That's just yeah. you. They should have just had him play an American that was living in England that would have been just like their choice yeah that's what they did with Uma Thurman right like she didn't have a British accent she was just she can't do an accent though can't I've never seen I don't think I've seen her in anything but the accent pretty sure I I had to stare at her for a full 35 seconds or so before I knew it was her I was like what is that yeah I, I forgot that it was her until the credits rolled I'm like oh oh that's right that was Uma Thurman. <laughs> Something about her face looked a little different, and maybe it was her hair. I don't know, but it just didn't click because part there was a, a nagging voice in my head that was going, uh, "This small of a role that doesn't make any sense. It's probably not. I'm probably just." I think they just. I think they just let her. Um, I let let some of her age actually show for real, yeah. and I think mm-hmm. that's 
you're probably i mean i think we're mostly used well we're used to seeing her younger but then also probably like coated in fucking makeup so that you can't see mm-hmm. the reality of of uh although i don't well this movie wasn't made that long ago and it's interesting because i think i don't know if this is happening at the same time because she definitely she went through a period with a because she was famously married to ethan hawk and i think their relationship ended due to infidelity so it's really interesting that she appears in this movie mm. in this, in mm-hmm. this as his character <clears throat> yeah interesting yeah yeah because she's she just when she just screams out yeah, again the... when she's leaving i'm like damn dude <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> And that scene was so uncomfortable. This is so uncomfortable. And the dude that shows up too, and he stays. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Why are you staying? <laughs> that guy really wanted to get laid. Yeah. Really wanted. Yeah. To get laid. <laughs> I would have just paid. I would have been like, here's the money for the pizza. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I wonder if he was like, I paid for flowers. I don't think I could get. <laughs> You can take the flowers back. How about that? <laughs> to keep the receipt? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have fucking... I mean, I would have stayed just long enough to be sure it was so weird. Like, I wouldn't have left immediately because I'd have been like, well, this is crazy, but like, let me figure out what's going on. And then, <laughs> and then a few seconds later, I would have been like, not bye. <laughs> Just uh, footsteps and then like a like a hole in the door that's in the shape of someone <laughs> sideways. Yeah, there's some the, the feeling when when sex like becomes something that's mechanical or like formally impersonal. <clears throat> um, there's something about this the quality to like the field or the air that mm. is dissociative to me or like like it feels like a bad dream or like a sad yeah it feels like sadness but like a very abstract uh nightmare sort of thing um the idea of like like that feeling of just like people lining up to just have sex with her and not really like they just like boop bye boop bye and they don't they know about each other and they don't care and she doesn't care it's just like nobody fucking cares about anybody they're just fucking and leaving and uh and then it becomes just bodies and then it becomes like ooh that's a lot of bodies mm-hmm. that's just a lot of bodies Yeah. Well, it's um, what that makes me think of is like the standard for guys. The standard sex advice is all is about disassociation, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of interesting that that's the that's the cliche advice is like don't be in your body, and that's actually how you you extend the. Which is a weird oxymoron yeah. paradox so, thing. It's so interesting to me that that is the advice that's given. It, it, does, it doesn't make any sense to me, but I also like 
I have to recognize my limit that I bump up against where I'm like, I've never been in a body with a penis that ejaculates. So I don't know. I, I don't know how that experience is, but when I, when I feel into it, the way that I have experienced different kinds of like pleasure moving through or pleasure like coming in, um, when I think about it, I think that sinking into the body and redirecting energy through the body in different ways so being even more embodied would be a it would be a piece of advice that I would be excited for people that can to try and then come back and tell me about it <laughs> tell me if it works because it's the Maybe. idea that I have I can definitely vouch for that like um being aware of the entire body instead of phasing out and only feeling your penis like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that makes so much more sense and works so much better plus mm -hmm. there's like like there are these really cool new things like edging and fucking again later mm -hmm. yep or uh, like you don't necessarily need to have a heart on to keep having sex that's a thing that's a thing too uh, if you're if you're if you're not insecure about like someone yeah like it's just yes yeah. uh, I think it's like a, a lot of it is just men being like no it has to be my way because this is the way that I saw it on TV and I've been practicing for a while in the mirror. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I want to show you what I practice. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How was I? Did I do okay? Was it okay? <laughs> It's like, do I need to be here for this? Yes, no, I need I need you to be here for this. <laughs> only only really this part though. <clears throat> well, you need to be here for this, but I, I'm I'm gonna actually exit. Yeah, I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm actually gonna be slamming my I'm gonna be slamming my hand in a car door and dragging rusty nails across a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> because I love you, so I'm gonna be here with you, but also doing yeah, those things. I'm gonna be over there. <laughs> yeah, that it, it's like it's so interesting that the like the uh, the like gold standard is length of time. So it's like <laughs> it has to it has to last long. So you need to leave your body to make sure that the most time passes in between the beginning of penetration and you coming, because that's the ticket is the length of time. It's like, no, that is not how that works. No, it's the length of your <laughs> dick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not. It's the length of time. I was doubling back to it's the length of time. No, I had to crash the car. Sorry. <laughs> no, you guys, you guys got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's like. Uh, simultaneous orgasms that are like life-changing and intimate can happen in like 30 seconds or you know you can have a really good time getting there together over like 
a longer period and take breaks if you fucking need to and yeah if, dude, if you, hydration like, breaks are important <laughs> well like if you actually have uh that kind of intimacy and communication with someone like like you're in communication mm-hmm. so there's like if you're not off slamming your hand in the car door then you're present enough to show when you're like getting close and then mm-hmm. like there's there's a, a whole conversation going on there and it's a dynamic thing but like you gotta allow that to fucking happen yeah um, and i think that's just so sad to me that that was like the saddest virginity loss scene that was consensual that i've know. ever seen <laughs> that was the saddest consensual sex scene ever in the beginning just like eh, to me, it's always gross when they're when men are just like, turn around, you're you're a fucking, I'm gonna jerk off with your body, you know, just like this, like, I don't want to connect at all. I'm gonna be like a a machine, just like <laughs> drilling, like a, a, a an oil derrick <laughs> for like mm-hmm. a few minutes, and that's it. Um, but then on top of that, it's like, God, the way he was, it was just so fucking gross. It just, it made me like, like, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to forget that scene, I think, because it's just really, oh. Yeah. But that's, I feel like that's probably not that uncommon of an experience. I think something like that. Just out in the world. Out in small town America. Mm-hmm. It's just like well, you put the thing in the hole, right? You've got two of them. So we'll just go a couple in each and then we'll be good. That is called sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the sex right, right? I'm doing it. It's, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, Brian. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try this slamming the hand in the car door thing. <laughs> I'm. I because my first question is, how do you get the car in the room? <laughs> it's a journey. It's an imaginal journey. <laughs> I mean, if you're you gonna bring it up in, the stairs at the same time as the chalkboard and the nails. The yeah, <laughs> just bring a mousetrap. There was, there's all there's also a funny I'm not sure what there's a funny thing with engines twice in the movie right because because like that first time is associated with him like revving up the motorcycle but then later on there's this whole thing where she's like uh she she like sabotages her own car engine to then get mm-hmm. all, all this attention um yeah I, I guess it doesn't come back again. She, yeah, they, they, she, for some reason, knows cars really well, but they don't ever say why. Oh yeah. But then it's then it's, then there's also the the weird association where it's like she deadens the engine, which is also related to sort of her sexuality getting deadened too. Um, mm-hmm. And she revs his engine up for him. She just like twists it and his engine starts. I was also fascinated by the that weird brick labyrinth that the movie both starts and ends with. But like 
where the hell were they? When I was on the page to torrent the movie, it said that it was filmed in Denmark. Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to know where in Denmark, though. <clears throat> but he was like, yeah, this is the sunlight you get here in the morning. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not enough sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's real. Well, because, yeah, the sun doesn't go very high. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in the winter, it's just like, bye-bye. So yeah, there's there's a lot of apartments. Like if you're not facing the right direction, you might never get sun through your window. Yeah. Yeah, if your apartment faces north, you're fucked. If you don't have any windows facing south or or west. I mean east is fine too, I guess. Really south is south is best. All of Denmark is built in one line. They're just <laughs> it's unbelievably beautiful in the summer though. Damn it. It's like it really is just fairy tale shit. It's hard to believe. You walk around feeling like you're at a low dose of ecstasy, just like what? <laughs> so much magic everywhere. All these atheists, I'm telling you, it's so weird. <laughs> like that's why it's it's so interesting to me that like you know, this movie definitely had stuff in it that does did not fit with that mindset, but that's yet another game uh, coming from the land of fairy tales and making spiritual shit without believing it. Yeah. And maybe it's maybe it's because it's it's uh, so neglected or or shunned in, in the real culture that has to come out somewhere yeah it's like maybe maybe there's he can't help it like he has to do whether he wants to or not which is probably why you know he has to at the end like do the ridiculous thing because he's like i i can't believe i made this thing like this like i this is not mm. um yeah, yeah. it's weird because i just can't even imagine that like materialists can see Bjork and yet he put her in Dancer in the Dark right mm. like, <laughs> just like I feel like she's she only shows up if you believe in magic right <laughs> well apparently he she showed up he she showed up for him to torture her supposedly so I, I don't know <laughs> oh, oh that's like Protestant grimoire or something <laughs> But that's amazing that 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 there might there might be people out there that watch Dancers in the Dark and it's just like why are there all these empty frames of like <laughs> what is this movie about? I don't understand. <laughs> Medulla is just like six tracks of Mike Patton humming. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
the nineties just don't exist. They just don't <laughs> exist. <laughs> In the Northman, there's just an empty screen for a whole like dream sequence several times. <laughs> <laughs> just so weird just empty <laughs> why are we watching the back wall of this hut I don't understand it keeps going oh I probably I should probably wrap this up I gotta get up really no. early for language no. class no no um, <laughs> Can, so, oh, uh, how fucking hard is it? I understand that it's supposed to be super hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I've been trying on Duolingo for a while, but the classes are going to be way better. Actually talking with people. It's a bunch of Polish people in there, and they're, so, they're, they're all, like, so cool. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> they're just, like, so welcoming and friendly. Yeah. Um, Marissa, did you have anything uh, that you wanted to mention <clears throat> business-wise or project-wise or anything? Mm. Um, I recently started streaming on Twitch. I'm doing geomancy and playing card and oracle card readings for people. We also, we fucked around with bibliomancy on there as well. So lots of mancies being played mm. with on the stream. Um, my username is Planet Destroyer Fifty Four, so because <laughs> um, my one of my cats is named Star Destroyer, the other cat is named Felucia, so Felucia is the planet, Star Destroyer is the destroyer, and then May the Fourth be with you. So it's a fully Star Wars name. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, but, yeah, that's cool. It's nice to hear you're doing geomancy on there. Uh, mm -hmm. I, it makes me happy anytime I hear there's somebody else doing geomancy. Yeah, yeah, we have, to, we have to stick together. Yeah, I'm, I'm not any good at it yet, but I, I see the value and the, uh, yeah, I'm determined to get there. Yeah, yeah, the it it feels strangely. Cyprian-y that I'm on Twitch doing geomancy just like back to back to back to back practice readings practice readings practice readings I'm like this has a flavor of you behind it he's like no maybe a little <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah I, I feel like uh most of the time when you've talked about your experiences with them they've ring rang pretty true with my own but yeah if I have that experience of oh I tricked you into learning um, <laughs> and, and like you're always in, in magic school uh, no matter what you think you're doing I'm always teaching yep. you something yeah. that's cool well I don't want to we usually talk to people for longer than this and I would like to keep it going but I gotta get up early I'm not used to that shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a new thing getting up early you're like wait no, 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 no. I am a creature of the night. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I, I sleep when I just, you know, collapse, basically. But um, we'll definitely have you back. This was awesome. Yeah, this was tons of fun. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming. Hey, Joe.